afternoon ladies and gentlemen welcome 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 to a great friday evening is it friday already ladies and gentlemen boy i tell you this week zoomed by much quicker than the year has ladies and gentlemen why i just remember yesterday it was only monday anyways welcome to your friday evening edition of the c report I hope you all are having a great Friday. I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Cossidus, and we are coming to you live on this Friday, July 29th, 2022, for another edition of News, Headlines, and Views. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys are ready for a good show. We're coming to you live across multiple platforms, including the foxhole.app, pilled.net, rumble.com, twitch.tv, clouthub, and uh, we also got Odyssey and Trovo in the works tonight as well. If you're joining us on any of those platforms, ladies and gentlemen, by all means, please do follow and subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Give us a rumble. And uh, you will most definitely be helping out the broadcast as far as uh, optics and visuality is concerned. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm pretty sure there's a much more concise word for what I just said. But nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad to be here with you guys today. We're coming to you hot off the heels of an excellent, if I do say so myself, edition of Lone Star News. Uh, we ran at 3 p.m. Central Time today. Yeah, it seems like I'm falling into a little bit of a pattern here. In case any of you all don't know what Lone Star News is, or if you're brand new to Mr. C TV channel and uh, network and broadcasting uh, network streaming, live streaming services, right? Uh, we do multiple shows here at Mr. C TV, including our flagship show, which is, of course, this, uh, this uh, here broadcast entitled The C Report, an America First news report that comes to you nightly, Monday through Friday. Appearing at, uh, well, I'd say uh, 7.30 p.m. Central Time sure seems to be a pretty good time. It works for me. I think it, I hope it works for you guys. And uh, we've been running Lone Star News uh, every other day. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is kind of what it feels like at 3 p.m. Central Time. So, you know, Lone Star News, ladies and gentlemen, that is our uh, Texas-centric um, broadcast bringing you Texas news and current events. Because you know what, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I do call the Lone Star State home, and uh, well, I just want to do my part to uh, assist with uh, some of the cleaning of the backyard, ladies and gentlemen, and that's where we are on that. And then, of course, our weekend show, See in the Dark, uh, still hammering out the fine details on that, but uh, definitely you can look forward to See in the Dark in the after hours, uh, typically on the weekends, typically on the weekends. I can tell you for a fact we will be doing an episode of See in the Dark tomorrow for sure. Uh, time is still tentative, but uh, Java, um, my good old buddy, my good old pal will be joining me uh, as co-host tomorrow evening for a new edition of See in the Dark. 
And uh, something tells me that uh, the topic of transhumanism and technocracy might be on the plate for tomorrow night's edition of the Sea Report. So if that is a subject or a topic that you find interesting and that you would like to know a little bit more about, uh, make sure you tune in for tomorrow night's episode of Sea in the Dark. As again, we'll be tackling the evil machinations. I like that word, machinations, right? Because sometimes I don't know how to pronounce it, but we'll be uh, tackling the evil machinations of technocracy and uh, transhumanism. And boy, I tell you what, just in the uh, just in the uh, uh, little bit of time I've put into uh, going over it and really um, um, Java sharing information with me about the history of the technocratic society. Very, very interesting. Very, very far-reaching. That boy Java, he is digging hard into that topic. And we're discovering a lot of stuff that uh, I know I didn't know much about, to be quite honest with you. I just uh, related uh, transhumanism, of course, to the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset and everything that these uh, transhumanist globalist... um, uh, They're probably aliens, right? But I can't say that at 7.30. We'll save that for seeing the dark. And then, of course, there's the uh, technocratic mindset, which uh, actually does date back, you know, over a century, ladies and gentlemen, into uh, the history of the world that we live in now. So very, very, very interesting topic for discussion. And I look forward to digging into it tomorrow night on the weekend edition of See in the Dark. Uh, so make sure you check your local listings. <laughs> uh, we'll probably do it about, I would imagine, maybe about 11 p.m. Central Time tomorrow here at Mr. C TV. And uh, you can catch that, of course, on all the platforms we'll be streaming to, which will include Rumble, uh, the Foxhole.app, and Pill.net, of course, and undoubtedly, as well as Odyssey, Twitch, and Clout Hub, ladies and gentlemen. So look forward to that tomorrow night, and I look forward to seeing you guys there. But, well, as for today, ladies and gentlemen, I've got quite the show in store for you all. Uh, Got a lot of stuff boiling up, it seems, over uh, all over the place. I mean, you know, it seems like things are always kind of boiling over at times, but you know what? That makes for a great broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry, don't worry. I don't follow the uh, mantra, if it bleeds, it leads, ladies and gentlemen. Or this would be a show about mass shootings, most likely. Or or maybe all about uh, the Democrats and their affinity towards, uh, you know, uh, uh, adrenified blood, ladies and gentlemen. Or adrenalized blood. There we go. I keep making up words. It must be the coffee. But uh, adrenalized blood, you know, we could we could stick with that. But actually, that topic is another topic that's more suitable for seeing the dark. Either way, ladies and gentlemen, glad you all are joining us this afternoon as we get ready to roll into some new headlines. Got uh, got some other friends in the family uh, hanging out over there at the Foxhole app, railing on first in the house. Good evening, sir. Good to see you again. Dpatriot1776, glad you could join us. Give my regards to the hubby. Timbajet, good to see you again today, sir. And uh, 123SKG, we made it to another Friday. And she, look guys, I pulled these out. Thank you for gifting the shades, 123SKG. I would keep this on, but, you know, just looking at myself in the camera, I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, Ray Charles or something. Anyhow, <laughs> I thought about doing that as a gag, right? Every time someone gifts the shades, I'll wear a pair of shades for 
five minutes or so and uh, hopefully it matches my blazer. Anyhow, thank you for that. Railanon, thank you for uh, donating the 117 gold pills as well. Definitely, definitely, definitely. What a great way to start off the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, real quick housekeeping because we are at the end of the month. We've got, what, about a couple of more days before July ends. And uh, that means we only got a couple of more days before our promotion ends over at Shop Mr. C. TV, ladies and gentlemen, that's the online store where you can get um, you can get uh, Mr. CTV merchandise. Uh, that would be uh, merchandise that most adequately reflects uh, the broadcasting live stream um, channel, as well as the shows that are produced here, such as the C Report, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, that's right. When you uh, purchase your swag over at Shop Mr. CTV, you are supporting this broadcast in more ways than one. But I'd also like to think you are also supporting America, ladies and gentlemen, because if you take a look at our political truth line of designs, ladies and gentlemen, you get your classics like everything woke turns to shit. And also your President Trump Kofefe shirt, which I like to think these are actually uh, not only uh, fashionable and fun, but they are also educational. Because I can't just help myself, ladies and gentlemen. I have to put a big old script somewhere on a shirt as if though uh, someone could read that passing by. But you know what? At least it'll get their attention. Maybe it'll be a conversation starter. Maybe it will lead into, uh, you know, many good things for the people, our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors, our friends, our family who uh, might have a question about what the heck do you have on your shirt? What do you mean it's rhino hunting season, fair patriot? What does that mean? Please explain it to me. Who exactly are the secretaries of state snakes? And why would you post their face all over a shirt as if though it were uh, to uh, call out these treasonous selected officials that have uh, done so much to disparage our nation's electoral system Ladies and gentlemen, shop Mr. C TV, and you can access that by way of the cereport.com and just click on the store button. And uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, right now, when you go over to shop Mr. C TV, we have a promotion running. Enter promo code 1776 reborn, and you can get 17% off every item purchased at shop Mr. C TV. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, a great way. A great way to support the show and your nation, I'd like to say, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, let's see, we got a question from Timbajet. Is tonight Ukraine night? Timbajet, we had Ukraine night on, uh, it was Tuesday or Wednesday, actually. <laughs> I was actually keeping my head out for you, keeping my eyes open for you. But uh, indeed, sir, it was, I think it was on Tuesday we did Ukraine night. Uh, and, uh, that was actually, um, a pretty, pretty fun. It was a pretty good night. We had a, a lot to talk about. Hey, we have another, uh, we have another guest joining us over at Twitch. How's it going, Monsieur Baez? I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. What a lovely array of wholesome wares. Well, much appreciated. Much appreciated. And then with the support Ukraine. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> 
Oh, you know, I don't know that we support Ukraine here much at all, ladies and gentlemen, or Monsieur Baez. Uh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. And I'm glad you're doing well this afternoon. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, hey, you're keeping the lights on and the seats warm over at Twitch. So that's always a plus. Sean Joe, thank you so much for gifting the cookie. Good to see you again, my friend. And glad you're joining us tonight. Uh, 123SKG says, Millie is in the spotlight again regarding January 6th. Oh, that Victoria Millie is such a spotlight hog, ladies and gentlemen. Do you think that maybe his boyfriend, Rachel Levine, will, uh, you know, come and back him up or maybe su- uh, provide some type of moral support, ladies and gentlemen? Because I'm sure Victoria and Millie is going to be so nervous in front of that January 6th panel. His press-on nails are going to be flopping off and uh, the dye in his hair is just going to melt right out. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, yep, yep, that's right. We like to make fun of Victoria Mark Milley here at the Sea Report because uh, it's like President Trump said, everything woke turns to shit. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome you in once again. Uh, Got a lot on the menu for tonight, uh, but we're going to start as always every Sea Report with some statements from President Trump and a very, very, uh, I would say a very trying story coming out of Washington, uh, particularly in regards to the Republican Party. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you, I told you guys, the closer we get to restoring our republic, them rhinos are going to come out more and more and more. It's not a cynic's point of view, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a cynic's point of view. And uh, I just hope you all can understand. I ain't got nothing against the GOP. So as long as they're doing the will of their constituents and restoring the republic, ladies and gentlemen. But it doesn't seem like they're on that track. And I think a lot of us could have figured that out and are still figuring it out and are just now figuring it out. But we'll save that thought for later. Let's get on with President Trump's statements because I got a lot of ground to cover, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I know you guys are going to enjoy today's show. We're going to be talking about law and order today, as well as some election fraud exposés happening around the nation at this day and time, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, President Trump is on the screen. That means he must be uh, ready to go. Are you ready to go, boss? The boss is ready to go. Let's see what President Trump has for us in store, ladies and gentlemen. Statement number one. Let's see what we got from President Trump. Uh, Truth. His truth, ladies and gentlemen. Robin Voss. Oh, Robin Voss. Hey, Robin Voss has done a terrible thing to Wisconsin. Oh, ladies and gentlemen of the audience. I think I like where this is going. Robin Voss has done a terrible thing to Wisconsin. Election integrity seems to mean... Uh, Nothing to him. Despite a sweeping Wisconsin Supreme Court victory, it was a rigged election. A lot of people will be voting against Voss on Tuesday and for a very good reason. A do-nothing rhino. Ladies and gentlemen, well, 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 well. You know, I've waited about a year and a half to hear President Trump 
say those words, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the tide must be a turning. Oh, the sun, it must be a rising. And, a rising. and actually, it's, a, it's rather nice to see that uh, a Wisconsin Speaker of the House, Rhino Robin Voss, is uh, finally getting the attention that he deserves. As a rhino, ladies and gentlemen, rhino, rhinocery seems to be the second main theme here at the Sea Report in as many months, you know, as uh, I like to gear us and to uh, also um, curate the stories uh, around stories of election integrity and fraud exposure and uh, just busting down the lies and the barriers uh, that the legacy media keeps on painting and building up about what? about the big lie. Well, we talked about that yesterday as well with President Trump's um, lawsuit against CNN with the various, various, copious, actually, the copious amounts of evidence of defamation that uh, CNN and, you know, undoubtedly other legacy outlets, uh, the legacy outlets, of course, being the lamestream, shamestream, mainstream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda media, that's the legacy press, guys. That's the legacy media. And uh, undoubtedly, so many people have held that big lie up to him. Ladies and gentlemen, Monsieur Baez says, old Trump bringing them liberal bums to justice. Indeed, indeed. Uh, truer words were never said. But you know what? Let's see the perp walks, right? Okay, we cannot lose a sight of that. And we most definitely, ladies and gentlemen, cannot lose faith in that uh, because we've worked so hard to get where we are at this point. We're at a point in our nation's history that we have never been in. We're walking some unknown territory, ladies and gentlemen, moving into things like decertification, a massive exposure of election fraud and massive exposure of election criminality. The lawlessness, the illegality of our last election, actually our last well, all this primary season and uh, all uh, the elections in 2021 and also all the way back to 2018, guys. And of course, I am referencing uh, the lack of accreditation for the um, uh, voting uh, system testing laboratories uh, and the lack of certification for over 95% of all electronic voting machines and equipment that has been in place since 2018, guys. It renders all of those elections null and void. Literally, it does. Legally, we can decertify, recall, nullify those elections. Uh, but not to get off too much on that tangent. Let's get back to Robin Voss. What do you say? Robin Voss, the rhino President Trump has finally identified, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll do it just this once because after all, Robin Voss was one of the main inspirations around our Rhino Alert here at the Sea Report. Yeah, you better believe Robin Voss inspired that, ladies and gentlemen. We've been singing the hymns of Rhinoceros Robin Voss for, whoo boy, pretty much since I went on the air here at the Sea Report uh, in February of last year. So with that said, guys, I'm so, so happy to see a statement like this coming from President Trump. What a truth, ladies and gentlemen. It's a truth always known, and it's finally a truth 
that has been told. Uh, let's see what we got here by way of the next statement from President Trump. Giving Tudor Dixon a good hard look brought her to everyone's attention at our big Michigan rally. All of her supporters are working hard for endorsement slash victory. Stay tuned. So I sent a direct message to uh, President Trump and I was like, Mr. President Trump, sir, you might want to watch last night's episode of The Sea Report where we exposed Tudor Dixon as being surrounded, supported, and uh, otherwise adored by the rhino establishment in Michigan. So we'll see where that goes, guys. We will see where that goes. Maybe he knows something about Tudor that we don't know. But uh, you know what? Uh, from all the way over here in Texas, all I can do is scream at the top of my lungs. It's going to be up to the Michiganders, the uh, voters of Michigan, to decide what way that's going to go. Uh, and uh, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, man, Michigan is a mess, but they also have their primaries coming up as well, ladies and gentlemen. Primary, primary, primary time. What is it? Is it? Don't we have what? Michigan and Arizona happening on Tuesday? Big, 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 big day for primaries. We have two of the most highly contested states from the 2020 elections for fraud and theft. So that's going to be, uh, these are going to be benchmarkers, I would have to say. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You know, uh, Georgia was definitely a benchmarker too. But look at all the fraud that has been uncovered in the 2022 Republican primaries in Georgia. You know, and if you guys are not aware of that, or if you hadn't heard it, I'd say uh, hop on over to the foxhole.app or to rumble.com. Visit the Mr. C TV channel and look up the episodes where we talk about it. Or, you know, go visit voterga.org where they're doing all the work on the ground there in Georgia. And boy, I tell you what, those guys are so tenacious. They have uncovered so much fraud. But because there is a corrupt judiciary and legislative and executive in the state of Georgia, they've gotten nowhere, ladies and gentlemen. They've gotten nowhere with this. Quite sad. Quite sad indeed. All right. What do we have next from President Trump? Uh, let's see. It says here, let me remove this little banner here. It says, uh, why is Nancy Pelosi getting involved with China and Taiwan other than to make trouble and more money, possibly involving insider trading and information for her cheating husband. Everything she touches turns to chaos, disruption, and crap. Her second big Congress flop is happening now, and the China mess is the last thing she should be involved in. She will only make it worse. Crazy Nancy just inserts herself and causes great friction and hatred. She is a mess. Well, to be frank, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think I have a follow-up to that statement. I think President Trump covered it all. <laughs> Although there are a series of um, um, Nancy Pelosi, I guess, uh, uh, Joe Biden moments. I think that's the best way I could put it. Like where she can't formulate a sentence where maybe she had a little bit too much vodka the night before, or maybe she's still, I don't know, um, high on some benzos or something. I have no idea. Like benzos, those things don't exist. You don't think that Nancy Pelosi don't got benzos? Come on, ladies and gentlemen, let's get real here, right? Let's get real. <laughs> okay. Let's see what we got next from President Trump. It says here, the mayor of Washington, D.C., 
wants the National Guard to help with the thousands of illegal immigrants coming from the insane open border that are flooding the city, but refused National Guard help when it came to providing security at the Capitol building for a far larger crowd on January 6th. Figure that one out. I don't know, sir, maybe it should have been more of a statement than a question, that last sentence there. But no, yeah, figure that one out, right? Figure that one out. You know, uh, the um, the case for President Trump inciting an insurrection with the intention of disrupting the elections and killing Mike Pence would just fall apart, ladies and gentlemen. Dare I say it like the ever cliche house of cards, if in fact they allowed cross-examination. Uh, but of course, in a kangaroo communist court like the January 6th Unselect Committee, would never hear of such a thing, ladies and gentlemen. And the thing about it is, I think that there's probably a healthy percent of the American population that is aware of that fact. And uh, I think that is also something that the Democrats or I should say those whom oppose Trump and those whom oppose the restoration of our republic have no clue about because they're always in their little bubble up on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. Next statement, this will be our final statement from President Trump for the evening. Carrie Lake is great. Vote for her on Tuesday or early. Really strong on your open cesspool border. And election integrity. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know uh, to combine this statement with the previous statement um, regarding uh, the mayor of Washington, D.C., ladies and gentlemen, uh, that, that was actually the topic of conversation, or at least one of them, during today's episode of Lone Star News uh, that we ran prior to tonight's episode of The Sea Report. And uh, that had to do with, uh, one, when we're, we're talking about the mayor of D.C., the Democrats, etc. She is a Democrat, you know. Uh, the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy that uh, we see spouting out of their mouths, ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about um, the uh, humanitarian crisis at our open border, ladies and gentlemen. The absolute hypocrisy. And then, of course, well... You know, since uh, Lone Star News is all about Texas addressing uh, uh, Governor Abbott. Uh, I like to call him Rhino Abbott, but, you know, addressing Governor Abbott and oh boy, uh, it's kind of like look out Abbott, look out. I would say even look out DeSantis, look out Nome, because once Carrie Lake becomes governor of Arizona, she's going to make all of them look like left-leaning liberals. That's some strong words, right? Well, at least maybe on DeSantis's part, maybe DeSantis won't look like a left-leaning liberal once Kerry Lake gets into office. He'll probably just kind of look like, I don't know, center aisle Republican. You know what I mean? Because Kerry Lake's going to go to war with the cartels. She's already said on day one. And, uh, you know, I like to, uh, I like to, um, I like to trust the words and as long as they keep themselves at 100%, then we're good, you know. But if she were to uh, renege on that promise, well, then it's like, carry, carry, carry. The eyes of the nation are upon you. So we'll see what uh, we'll see how that plays out, ladies and gentlemen. We'll definitely see how that plays out. Uh, but man, I tell you what, 
I could imagine her just tearing into uh, the body of governors of this nation, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, really leading by example. Very, very exciting times. Kind of makes me wish I lived in Arizona. I would love to cast my vote for someone like Carrie Lake, ladies and gentlemen. I would indeed, and that is a true statement, truer than truth. All right, so we got uh, we got uh, we got a rhino on the screen, ladies and gentlemen, and we're not talking about President Trump. We're talking about oh, who is this? Well, if it isn't now, this is what I want you all to think, ladies and gentlemen. Every time you see the face of Rona McDaniel's, okay, Rona McDaniel's RNC chair, Republican National Committee chair, okay. Every time you see her face, this is what I want you to think. Romney, okay? Romney, all right? You guys, I hope everyone here is aware, I would think my audience for the most part is, is aware that Rona McDaniels is the niece of Mittens Romney. I kid you not, in case you didn't, you don't believe me, well, there's a search engine that you can follow uh, to that path, ladies and gentlemen, and I would highly recommend you do not use Go Ogle, right? We don't use Go Ogle for anything here at the C Studios, except for uh, running the program, the show, you know, the actual computer program, not the program that, you know, because, you know, like I say here, guys, I'm not here to influence. I'm just here to inform, you know, but uh, don't use Go Ogle, G-O-O-G-L, because all Google does is ogle you. That's why we call it Go Ogle here at the Sea Report. But uh, indeed, Romney and McDaniels. Uh, I don't, that almost sounds like, a, that almost sounds like a, a Christian name. Romney McDaniels. <laughs> that might as well be her name. Romney McDaniels. Ladies and gentlemen, let's start calling her Romney McDaniels from now on. I think I, I, think I smell another shirt in the makes, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, Shop Mr. CTV store. Romney McDaniels, head of the RNC. Okay, this scandal. I say this is scandalous, ladies and gentlemen. This should be the perfect, perfect christening moment for those who are still a little bit on the fence about whether or not the Republican Party can be reformed. I mean, if President Trump gets back into office, and I do say if, as a Republican, um, I'd say there's a chance that the Republican Party should be reformed. But to be quite honest with you guys, the Republican Party has always been part of the same uniparty establishment um, um, schematic, which includes Democrats and Republicans, ladies and gentlemen. That is just its history, okay, that I am speaking from. So, um, you know, what do we, what did we say? What did I say? Uh, when was this? Uh, before the January 6th committee of unselect members uh, got their little uh, hearing on the false flag riots at the Capitol rolling, what was, it, what was it that I said? Does anyone remember? I said, hopefully, the Republicans will use this uh, unselect committee, this kangaroo communist court proceeding to kick President Trump out of the Republican Party so that he can run third party and he can say, you know what, Democrats? You know what, Republicans? The American people don't need you. Because we do not abide by party politics, okay? We abide by the best candidate who has uh, the same intentions, desires, and respect for the will of their constituents. And we want this republic restored, ladies and gentlemen. We want this republic restored yesterday. So absolutely, that would be 
Uh, that would be an amazing thing. In fact, I think a move like that would absolutely destroy the uniparty system. Because let's face it, the GOP is already doing such a dutiful job at exposing themselves. Let it be said one more time, the closer we get to restoring our republic, the more we will see these fake selected officials show their true face. Now, we all knew that the RNC and Rona McDaniels had already betrayed President Trump when on the eve of the election theft in 2020, they did absolutely nothing. All they did was fundraise on election integrity and defeating the fraud. But when it came down to it, ladies and gentlemen, they were nowhere to be seen. So now we have a new scandal emerging out of the RNC and they are threatening President Trump. Don't you dare run for president in 2024. Uh, you know, I think I'm seeing some cracks in this relationship, ladies and gentlemen. I think I'm seeing some major cracks starting to form here, guys. Because do you think President Trump is going to sit well with these threats? You know he's a counterpuncher, ladies and gentlemen. You know he's a counterpuncher. And they are threatening him if he runs for president. What timeline am I living? Oh, wait, I remember. I know what timeline I'm exactly living in. I'm living in the timeline of Clown World. Ladies and gentlemen, where these, uh, what, wherever these people came from, ladies and gentlemen, whomever, whomever bred them, wherever, whatever cesspool, uh, the likes of Rona McDaniels and the rest of the establishment career politician at GOP, uh, globalist influenced selected officials, wherever they came from, guys, you know, they, we are finally seeing them for who they are, ladies and gentlemen. And this should be a huge wake-up call for those who may not yet see it. But you know what they say, guys. Those who have the eyes to see it will see it. Those who have the ears to hear it will hear it. And those who have the soul to stomach it will do something about it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So uh, let's crack into this first article regarding this latest development between the establishment GOP and President Trump. Article is coming out of the Daily Mail. .co.uk. That's right. A legacy establishment press um, um, article. What, what do they got to say? It says here, uh, Republicans say they will stop paying Trump's legal fees for his election lawsuits if he runs for president in 2024. All right. And so Republicans announced that they will stop paying Donald Trump's legal expenses if he announces that he will run for president in 2024, according to a new report published on Thursday. The Republican National Committee has shelled out millions of dollars to law firms representing the president or their words, former president amid government investigations and probes of his business interests. But officials also worry that Trump could hurt the party's midterm prospects if he announces a presidential run before this year's elections. Okay, let's let's pump the brakes here real quick. This is another good example of the doublespeak, ladies and gentlemen. This is another good example of that political lawyer doublespeak. Now, when it is said that the party is afraid that President Trump could hurt their midterm prospects, do you think they're talking about 
your Republican Party? Do you think they're talking about your America First candidate? Or do you think they are talking about their own selected establishment officials that they will select and that they will darn well try to rig the elections for, ladies and gentlemen? There's two different worlds here. And the world of the establishment GOP is afraid that Trump will hurt their candidates for the midterm elections, ladies and gentlemen. And they just do not want President Trump to make this announcement. And I said, President Trump, if you feel in your soul and in your gut that you need to make that announcement, do it. Do it. Do it now, sir. Do it now. Uh, Article continues, ladies and gentlemen, an RNC official uh, told ABC News that Trump would lose financial support as soon as launch as he launches a campaign because of the party's neutrality policy that bars it from taking sides in primaries. RNC chairwoman Rona McDaniel spelled out the stance in an interview in January. Uh, She says, the party has to stay neutral. I'm not telling anybody to run or not to run in 2024, but I damn well am going to threaten them if I don't want them to run. Uh, I think that's the part that she left out of that statement. Uh, Senior Republicans, saith the article, say that uh, they want Trump to delay any announcements until after the midterms, ladies and gentlemen. And this is all about the time and the place that he's actually going to be uh, making his own personal announcement. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at There you go. There's a photo of Romney McDaniels. Romney McDaniels. Got, you know what? Uh, we got to do something with that. Romney McDaniels. <clears throat> However, insiders say the president likes the idea of upending the elections by launching his campaign before voters go to the polls in November. That could change the nature of the midterms from being a referendum on the crisis hit presidency of Joe Biden into giving voters a choice between Biden and Trump. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said this week that he had encouraged Trump to delay any announcement. Uh, Anyone smell a rhino here, Kevin McCarthy? I mean, I know that President Trump had good words to say about Kevin McCarthy, but let's be real, guys. Let's be real, okay? My point to him has always been, let's go win 22, McCarthy told congressional reporters on Tuesday. And uh, has Kevin McCarthy talked anything about election fraud? Has Kevin McCarthy gone over any of the documents and evidence that they have found since beyond the 2020 um, uh, uh, court hearings that uh, threw out all of the cases on a technicality without even reviewing the evidence? Has Kevin McCarthy even seen the movie 2000 Mules? Has Kevin McCarthy even talked about it? That's what I'm talking about, guys. Uh, We're at a point where you can no longer be silent, especially, especially if you are a so-called elected representative, okay? The time for politics and business as usual is done, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, if our candidates and our so-called elected representatives do not sound like President Trump or Carrie Lake, guys, they got to go. Okay, they've got to go. I mean, he's illegally inhabiting that seat anyways, as per the lack of accreditation in 2018 and 2020. Right. Well, actually, you know, 
he would maintain his seat because the 2016 elections were actually valid. So, yeah, well, I guess you're lucky there, Kevin McCarthy. And maybe someone should point that out to him so he can start talking about election fraud. But I don't think he will, guys. He's establishment. He's GOP. You know, I, I you know, just I'm just going to say it. We're done here with these people, ladies and gentlemen. We're done. OK, the American people. Those are our people, ladies and gentlemen. Now, back to this article. You see that? Let's go win 2022. He doesn't even want to think about 2020, right? It's hindsight. Article continues, reminding Trump that any announcement will hit him in the pocket with no more legal subsidies might be one way to make him think about an early decision. The RNC's latest financial disclosures reveal the depth of the support. From October 2021 through June, the RNC paid at least $1.73 million to law firms representing Trump, according to details filed with the Federal Elections Commission and reported by a legacy media outlet. That included $50,000 to a law firm representing Trump in June alone. That financial report has led some Republicans to question whether the RNC is really playing fair. Donor and Canary LLC chief executive said that had been little effort to stay neutral. The RNC needs Trump or Trump surrogates or Trump's likeness to raise money. And Trump's, Trump wants them to continue paying his bills and be as pro-Trump as possible, Eberhardt said. So neither is in a hurry to cut the umbilical cord. Trump has repeatedly hinted that he wants to take another tilt at the White House. The latest during a speech in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday when President Trump talked about the Republican returning, talked about a Republican returning to the presidency. They want to damage me so I cannot go back to work for you, Trump said, as his audience chanted four more years. Make it eight. And uh, Trump also said, I don't think that is going to happen. RNC support, which includes using the Trump name in fundraising emails, also makes it harder for other 2024 possibles. Other Republican candidates seeking the Republican nomination for president have good reason to worry that the party apparatus is rigged against them in its unwavering support for Trump, said Craig Holman of government watchdog group Public Citizen. And of course, RNC officials declined for comment, as did President Trump's representatives. All right, guys, big old debacle there. Big old debacle there. Just talking about that career GOP establishment rhino. Psh, man, that uh, that throws some people into a fit of cognitive dissonance. They're like, what? You mean to tell me the Republican Party's been bad this entire time? Well, you know, uh, that's just how good the rhinos are. Take it from a Texan, ladies and gentlemen. Our state house is full of them and they are superb at their job. And of course, that is a job of deception and duplicity, ladies and gentlemen, and none of it is doing any good for our nation. OK, so, uh, yeah, we'll see where this uh, we'll see where this rolls out, ladies and gentlemen. We will see where this rolls out and what's going to happen. And, and I suppose maybe this is the issue why President Trump keeps saying, well, I can't I can't uh, say if I'm going to be running or not because there's a bunch of election laws and legal issues. Uh, maybe this is it exactly. But, you know, this also calls to mind uh, the last paragraph here was talking about what if President Trump announces a run for 2024, then that will put other 2024 GOP presidential nominees on the side. 
Well, you know, I'd say, do you think you can accomplish what President Trump accomplished in his four years under the amount of duress that he experienced? Is your slate as clean as a whistle as President Trump's slate? Apparently it is, guys, because uh, if they had any dirt on Trump, they would have used it by now. They would have used it before he became elected president in 2016. So, uh, I mean, that those are just the facts of life, ladies and gentlemen. And I would say uh, maybe you other GOP hopefuls should put your pride aside, should put your uh, dreams of, uh, of a power aside and allow the best man or woman for the job to do it. But uh, in this case, it is President Trump and he is a man because after all... <laughs> We don't believe in all of that uh, confusing gender identity politics and, uh, you know, flu-flu type of little uh, progressive uh, jib-jab, ladies and gentlemen, here. So uh, we call them like we see them, right? We call them like we see them, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, there is that brief update uh, in regards to the scandals breaking out of the G. I call this a scandal. You know, they might say, oh, there are bylaws that say you can't uh, support or you can't whatever you can't endorse. Uh, but, uh, well, let's just face it, ladies and gentlemen, we're living in unprecedented times. And I'm pretty sure that uh, if litigation were necessary in that front, litigation would be used or utilized. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, Kiss. Good to see you over in the chat rooms uh, this evening. Thank you so much for spreading the links um, in the chat for the show support. Definitely appreciate everything that you are doing, my friend. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and uh, get into today's story. Actually, let's see what else you guys got going on here. 29 days ago today, I have... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I will... Uh, I will skip on that comment, sir. It sounds like a private subject. Um, let's see here. Uh, 123SKG says, not to mention his campaign schedule and his impromptu press conferences. Yeah, no kidding. This man is everywhere. Where is illegitimate Joe? Falling off bikes and eating cereal in the basement in his jammy jams. You know, with his scratch and sniff child's head stickers. You know, that's where Joe is. You know, that's where he is. Talking with Obama on his little earpiece, right? So anyhow, guys, yep, they stole all of our money that we gave to stop the steal, says Timbajet. Yeah, indeed they did, sir. Indeed they did. They said that they were going to stop the steal. And where were they? Where were they? These are the things that we cannot forget, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we can forgive, but we cannot forget. Because if we forget, we will not learn from our pasts. Ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, we're going to switch gears um, with this story. I found this story, this next story, actually very interesting. And uh, so I thought I would share it with you all tonight. I don't know if you guys have heard about this one. So switching gears, we're going into the law enforcement side now, right? We have a situation in Kenley, North Carolina, ladies and gentlemen, where an entire police force has resigned amid controversy. Have you guys heard about this one? Now, uh, many of us out there have never heard of Kenley, North Carolina, and there were a dozen articles that I was uh, parsing through to choose the best ones for this story. 
And uh, there was uh, there was an article out of PJ Media, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that uh, gave us the gave us the geographical location of Kenley, North Carolina. Kenley, North Carolina, sits somewhere between Podunk, North Carolina, and Hee-Haw, North Carolina. And I was like. Are they serious? So I did my due diligence, ladies and gentlemen, and indeed, there is a Podunk, North Carolina, and a Hee Haw, North Carolina. So go figure, ladies and gentlemen. I, you know, I never would have thought that there was a town to represent the stigma. Uh, so anyways, I just thought I'd share that little, uh, little bit of uh, dribble with you guys. But Kenley, North Carolina, we have an entire police department whom has just, they all turned in resignation forms. And they resigned and they're done. Now, one might wonder exactly why would they do that? Well, you know, for the answer to that question, what we're going to do is we're going to pull up this little article here. And we're going to share with you what uh, the legacy media has to say about this situation. Now, if we're being completely full face forward, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it has to do with uh, the, this figure here in this picture. Now, this woman, this her name is Justine Jones, and she is the new city manager of Kenley, North Carolina, right? New city manager. She's been in that position for two months. And at the end of those two months, the entire police force resigns, ladies and gentlemen. So one has to be wondering, what is up with that? Like, what's going on in Kenley that the entire police force and two clerks resigned. You know, and we're talking about officers who have been on the force for more than two decades. Serving that community just would not work for this woman. So, you know, obviously there are two sides to this story, right? But, ladies and gentlemen, how do you think the mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda press is spinning this story? Well, for the answer to that question, ladies and gentlemen, we'll go back to this article. This article is actually coming out of CNN. So uh, I think you guys, I know your ears might start to burn. Trust me, my pupils and my irises are burning reading these words. But this just goes to show you exactly how these, uh, these uh, Marxist-influenced individuals like to cause division. Check this out. It says here, the mass exodus of an entire police department after the hiring of a black city manager in North Carolina has opened a conversation about public safety and race relations in a small town of over just 1,500 residents. Last week, the entire police department in Kenley, North Carolina, resigned, citing a hostile, work, hostile work environment less than two months after Justine Jones, a black woman, began her role as the town's newly selected city manager. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The legacy media is running away with this story that obviously an all-white police force quit because they could not work for a black woman, okay? Two sides to the story, don't forget, guys, but this is, it's just a case in point of how these people operate, right? So uh, what we have here in the article says, um, it says that uh, Joy Wright, a local business owner, said the community is concerned about what the collective police retreat means for the future of the town. 
Wright also said she was mostly frustrated because the town had not been keeping residents in the loop with any developments. It's just weird, Wright said, and for us to not have any information as to what to expect? Are we going to have police? Are we going to have a town manager? Following an emergency closed-door meeting last week, the Kenley Town Council released a statement this week saying, The prudent course of action is to find out what happened and not make any rash decisions. Alan Chip Hewitt, Kenley's town attorney, told CNN that he will oversee an investigation conducted by an outside firm starting next week when all the resignations take effect. Technically, the police chief and officers are still on the job through the beginning of next week. The police chief's resignation is effective Tuesday. CNN obtained eight resignation letters in total, consisting of longtime police chief Josh Gibson, four full-time officers, one part-time officer, and two town clerks. The letters are similar in language, with most referencing a stressful work environment, though they don't provide any details about the allegedly hostile work in workplace, nor do they explicitly blame Jones. However, Gibson has placed blame on Jones for the resignation, both in a Facebook post that has since been made private and in an exclusive interview with Fox News where he said Jones wrote him up multiple times and was targeting him. The new town manager has created an environment I do not feel we can perform our duties and services to the community, Gibson said in his post on Facebook. Justine Jones, town manager of Kenley, is seen in a photograph taken from the town's website. We saw that earlier. It says Jones started as Kenley's town manager on June 2nd, according to an announcement from the town that notes she was unanimously approved by the council and touted her 16 years of experience working in progressively responsible positions with local governments in multiple states. Brittany Hinnant, a Kenley resident, said she feels like the situation is a race issue, given that Jones is black, while the entire Kenley Police Department is white. Hinnant also said she does not think the police department supports black people, and she feels they often harass black residents. I feel like they don't want a black woman over top of them, basically managing them or telling them what to do, Hinnant said. Studies show people in organizations often think black women are more likely to have angry personalities. Now, why isn't CNN getting uh, censored or canceled for a statement like that? That sounds pretty racist to me. They're pushing this stigma by including it in this article. Uh, and just being real here, guys, studies show people in organizations often think black women are more likely to have angry personality, with studies also suggesting that this negative perception is a unique occurrence for black women, according to the Harvard Business Review. Uh, Jones told CNN that since this is a personnel matter, she cannot comment on the police resignations. And other residents cautioned against jumping to conclusions, saying they've always had a good relationship with the police department. Wright, whom owns the Granny Barn, uh, an embroidery and vinyl gift shop located two doors down from, not two door Dixon, two doors down from the town hall, said she does not think the situation was a black versus white thing. 
Um, Wright says, I've never seen that being a problem when she was asked if she thought race played a role in the situation. Uh, she went on to say, I think there are too many jumping to conclusions. We really don't know what is going on. I know I have never met this town manager. I have never had any problems with the police. So I really don't know what dynamic could have led to these types of decision. Michelle Dawes, who's from Kenley and used to work for the town, told CNN that she thought the situation was complicated. She said, it's possible that race and gender played a role in the resignations, but issues of accountability are really at the center of the situation. I have never had any personal problems with police chief Josh Gibson, but as a former employee of the town, I know how it works there, um, said Dawes. Uh, and she went on to say, I immediately knew this is someone new. She doesn't know what I call them. The off the books rules are basically when she came and got hired, she poked the bear by making him accountable. The Johnston County Sheriff's Office, which already serves Kenley, will increase its presence in the town now that the police department will effectively disband. Denise Bennett, a Kenley native, said the timing of everything makes her suspicious, adding that the situation seems to be more about power rather than resolving work-related issues. Bennett also said some residents have stated the resignations are not about racism, but she does not think race-related issues can be completely thrown out as an explanation. Bennett went on to say, when I realized the short amount of time that she had been on the job and the drastic decisions that was made, it just did not compute in my head. With the fact that there are so many things one can do if they think they have a nightmare supervisor, there's so many things that can be done. But for an entire police staff to make the choice to quit when they have agreed to protect and serve rather than to use all of the things in front of them to change the situation... It just didn't make sense to me. So there you go, guys. That is a CNN's rendition of this interesting story coming out of Kenley, North Carolina. As of this moment, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's take a look at the other side of the coin and see uh, what others might have to say in regard to uh, this situation. Uh, this article is coming uh, to us from Patriots for Freedom. Again, uh, this one and the PJ Media uh, were two of the best articles I found on maybe offering some other explanations about what's going on here, right? Because let's face it, CNN is saying that the police force is racist because they don't want to work under a black woman. How do we know that Justine Jones is not racist and does not want to work with a whole bunch of Caucasian people, right? I mean, let's be fair here, guys. Anyone can be racist. Most of all, the human race, right? Aha, that's just a joke there. I know that was really, really bad taste. Uh, but let's see here, ladies and gentlemen. Entire police force quits after progressive town manager starts. Does this, uh, does this website or this review know a little bit more about Justine Jones than perhaps uh, CNN cared to dig for? The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support 
Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the C report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the C report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the C report. And thanks y'all. Let's read the article. It says Kenley, North Carolina just lost their police department after resignations flooded in when the new town manager started her position. Justine Jones became the new town manager earlier in the month after claims of a nationwide search for someone appropriate to manage the small town, a population of 2,400. According to the press release, a unanimous decision was made to hire Justine Jones after sorting through 30 candidates. Sources obtained a copy of a resignation letter from the police chief of almost 20 years, Josh Gibson, which included, due to a hostile work environment now present in the town of Kenley, I do not believe progress is possible. Six other letters mentioned the hostile work environment and that decisions being made may be dangerous. Gibson hinted he might come back to the force if Jones were fired. Three officers had already resigned before a trove of others decided to follow suit, including all seven town employees. It is not clear if the part-time workers will also quit. Jones earned her bachelor's degree at Concordia University, her first master's degree at Humphrey School for Public Policy, and a second master's degree in public administration from New York Baruch College. She has worked in several states, including Virginia, Minnesota, South Carolina, and North Carolina, before managing a close-knit and small North Carolina community. Jones was fired from her last employer in Richland, South Carolina, where she was an assistant director and research manager. Jones, an African-American, well, I would say a Black American, sued the county for racial discrimination and gender being unfairly paid and working in a hostile environment due to her handicap. The case was voluntarily dismissed, and no one knows why. Since being fired, Jones was part of a consulting firm, Word of Mouth Real-Time LLC, which is registered as a legal entity in Virginia. Many claim she's trying to make the city of Kenley woke, like other cities that were infiltrated by progressive ideologies. Seattle, Portland, Chicago, San Francisco, and Los Angeles are just a few cities to name a few. Uh, many took to Twitter applauding the police officer's decision. Uh, this person thought the new town manager could be related to Soros money, and others claim it's because she is a black woman. The city of Kenley held an emergency town hall meeting Friday night, and uh, Kenley is located about 45 miles south of Raleigh. Uh, which is probably far more uh, computable than uh, somewhere between Podunk and uh, Hee Haw, North Carolina, ladies and gentlemen. So definitely two sides to the story here. I think only, I mean, you know, as an investigation is about to unfold, I think only documentation and time will tell the true story here. Ladies and gentlemen, I did a little bit of digging into Justine Jones myself, and I could only find one social media account related to her, and that was on Instagram. And that account was marked as private. 
So uh, could not dig any further than that. But uh, if any of you guys want to go ahead and friend her, be my guest and uh, let us know what you find. All right. So uh, well, there you go, guys. That was a pretty interesting story I found coming out of Kenley, North Carolina. I think the whole fact that the Legacy Press is um, spinning this as a race issue, ladies and gentlemen, in 2022, uh, just kind of shows uh, that they're still living in the 1960s, you know. Am I saying that racism is not real? Of course not. Of course, there is still racist overtones and racist people out there. But um, I, I just don't I just don't think that a an entire law enforcement uh, team would quit uh, unless there was a real dire, dire, dire situation. And uh, uh, it'd be interesting to note in the investigation what changes were making the job dangerous for the workforce, right? Or even for the community. But I guess uh, we'll find out as that investigation unfolds. Now, ladies and gentlemen, staying on the beat of law enforcement, we got another interesting article coming out of uh, the Legacy Press. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, here we go again with that shame stream, lame stream, fake news, legacy mockingbird propaganda media. And it appears that the Legacy Press is going after the Sheriff's Election Initiative. Now, some of you all will recall the Sheriff's Election Initiative has to do with True the Vote, ladies and gentlemen, in their efforts to uh, bring together um, the people of America with their sheriff's departments when we're talking about investigating election fraud in our communities, you know, and I kind of really like that a lot of the articles I'm finding are addressing the counties and they're addressing the municipalities and they're addressing the specific communities because ladies and gentlemen, let's face it. That's where our, that's where our opportunity is uh, the greatest for overturning uh, any any type of um, globalist or deep state influenced um, ideologies or activities and also in restoring our republic. After all, we are, what are we? We are a constitutional republic, right? First and foremost, which means the rule of law abides over all. And then of course, ladies and gentlemen, of course, you know, uh, we are also democratic, but that has to do with the elections and stuff. But, uh, but you know, they're attacking, they're attacking this effort. Okay, they're calling it right-wing extremist sheriffs. But uh, let's take a quick review of what True the Vote is doing in conjunction with sheriffs across the nation. Uh, protectamerica.vote, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so this is True the Vote in partnership with Protect America Now. Our vote is a sacred privilege. And I'm over here at protectamerica.vote. Ladies and gentlemen, if you guys are interested in visiting this website and uh, learning more about how you can get involved, let me go ahead and remove myself from the screen here. So uh, our vote is a sacred privilege. Our vote is how we hold government accountable. We need to be informed and engaged. Citizens must be ready to vote and sheriffs must be ready to enforce the law as well as protect their constituents from any form of illegal activity. Today, we begin a national effort to equip sheriffs, educate citizens and protect our elections. Election laws were put into place to protect every American voice and those laws should be followed. And this is so neat. They even have a connect with your sheriff function on the website. So you, it'll take you directly to your um, hometown, your own backyard, right? 
Now, uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb, uh, this is a sheriff working out of Arizona, had this to say about the initiative. Sheriff's primary duty is to uh, is to protect the rights of their constituents, which includes their rights as voters. ProtectAmerica.vote aims to solve this problem and bridge the gap between voters and local law enforcement. Our work will ensure we have secure elections in this county. And in regards to this initiative, Catherine Engelbrecht has to say over 80% of Americans are concerned about the lack of integrity in America's elections. Voters want to be helpful, but are not sure where to turn in times of trouble. ProtectAmerica.vote will help connect citizens and sheriffs and help open communications to support local law enforcement to engage if the need arises. So what is the action plan here? Connecting citizens and sheriffs. Voters are understandably confused by constantly changing election rules and increasingly frustrated by lack of leadership. Put simply, they don't know where to turn should the election process break down. Our goal is to unite citizens and their sheriffs to work together, ensuring the real voice of America's vote is heard loud and clear. Uh, uh, Second initiative here is empowering the sheriffs. We will provide local sheriffs with the training, resources, and tools to have real-time eyes on voting in their county. Our goal is to provide sheriffs with crucial information from around the country that includes providing information on election laws specific to their state, developing a grants function to provide technology and support for visibility into allegations of violations as reported throughout their county, and best practices to support citizens and uphold election integrity. Uh, Third initiative, open lines of communications. We set up a national election integrity voter hotline to help citizens in getting information and reporting problems. The hotline will be connected to sheriff's offices for quick evaluation of incoming information. It will go live on August 2022. Fourth initiative, promote public service messages. Starting August 2022, we will begin an informational campaign to educate voters state by state through multiple mediums, including television, online, and radio. Our efforts will include press conferences in key states with county sheriffs to raise visibility around elections. And fifth initiative, you can join the efforts. Join us in building positive relationships between voters and their sheriffs to help defend election integrity in 2022. Sign up for updates, connect with your local sheriff, and consider a donation to assist us in supporting local law enforcement efforts to defend election integrity. Contributions will be used to help develop and push informational content surrounding voting integrity across the country and also help provide local sheriffs with resources that best support them. This is not a Republican or Democrat issue. This is about the right of voters mic drop ladies and gentlemen so uh, with everything that has been shared from this website about this initiative between the uh, grassroots election integrity organization true the vote and the nationwide protect america now um organization of sheriffs uh it gets easy to understand why the legacy media, why the fake news press, why the propaganda press, why the mockingbird media needs to start parroting talking points about sheriffs across the nation being right-wing extremists 
who still believe in the big lie. This article comes to you from Reuters, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what kind of tales they're spinning over there at Reuters. It says, a coalition of right-wing constitutional sheriffs, in parentheses, right, as if though they were not constitutional sheriffs, as if though constitutional sheriffs do not exist, right, who claim legal power in their jurisdictions that exceeds U.S. federal and state authorities. You, You see that? Who claim legal power in their jurisdictions that exceeds U.S. federal and state authorities. Let, let's take a minute to remind ourselves about how state election or elected offices are arranged. Okay, okay. apparently Reuters forgot about something like well, the 10th and 9th Amendments, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. And apparently they forget about uh, the, um, I, I guess you would call it what, not the hierarchy, but like the ladder, you know, of, of, uh, of election, I'm sorry, of, uh, of state officials or state elected officials in regards to the highest law of the land. Now, if the states have the ultimate power, so as long as uh, those powers are not enumerated in our United States Constitution, the ball's back in the court of the states, okay? Which means, ladies and gentlemen, that the sheriffs are the highest law official of the land in their county, right? And if they're constitutional, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're in luck, right? If they're not uh, bought and paid for, if they're not uh, sellouts to the establishment, if they're not uh, treasonous and uh, duplicitous, and there are some sheriffs out there like that. But they're trying to say here that these constitutional sheriffs are overstepping U.S. federal authorities. Really? Since when do uh, the federal authorities have any type of authority over our elections? Now, I know Reuters and CNN might want to say that uh, the federal uh, the federal laws are uh, overpowering uh, when it comes to states and elections, but that is not a fact. And uh, we see that even the Democrats multiple times in the last year year and two years have made every effort that they can to give the federal government that overreaching power to control our elections. So this 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 article here is gravely mistaken. Ladies and gentlemen, and as far as state authority goes, well, there ain't no higher authority than the county sheriff, ladies and gentlemen, and it's higher than the governor. It's higher than the lieutenant governor. It's higher than any that you could think in that regard, ladies and gentlemen, constitutional the sheriff's office, ladies and gentlemen, is the highest law enforcement office in the land per county. Ladies and gentlemen, this is no joke, okay? Look it up yourself, right? Look it up yourself. So yeah, th- this article's way off in that regard. Way out of bounds here. But anyhow, this coalition of right-wing constitutional sheriffs has a new calling, investigating conspiracy theories that the 2020 election was rigged against President Donald Trump. The Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association has teamed up with True the Vote, a Texas nonprofit and purveyor of debunked voter fraud claims. Really? Really, Reuters? You want to say that True the Vote is purveying debunked voter fraud claims when every single claim of voter fraud that was debunked by the legacy press was debunked by True the Vote? 
I mean, every even, even court rulings, ladies and gentlemen, even the actions of our federal government debunks the lying fact checks of the legacy press. Undoubtedly so, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, don't let me get off on a soapbox here. Let's get back to the article. It says here that um, True the Vote, a nonprofit purveyor of debunked voter fraud claims uh, and the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association are working together to recruit like-minded sheriffs nationwide to investigate 2020 stolen election allegations and to more aggressively police future voting. The partnership detailed last week at the association's annual gathering in Las Vegas aims to intensify a movement already underway. At least four ideologically aligned county sheriffs in Michigan, Wisconsin, Kansas, and Arizona have launched election fraud probes since the 2020 vote. None has established evidence of systemic fraud. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Reuters clearly did not follow the story of systemic election fraud that took place in Wisconsin. Uh, Need need I point our memories to uh, Racine, Wisconsin? where Sheriff Schmeling, who incidentally we'll be talking about a little bit later on in tonight's broadcast, discovered the amount of election fraud, not to mention the exploitation of senior citizens and the elderly, our elders in Wisconsin, in Racine, ladies and gentlemen, when the Wisconsin Election Commission decided that they would write their own rules for the 2020 elections and uh, take away election deputies whose job is to collect the ballots of those who reside in nursing homes and rehabilitation centers, ladies and gentlemen. And let's not forget, if you want to use the pandemic as an excuse as to why they allowed the deputies to be dismissed and allowed the um, employees of these rehabilitation centers and nursing homes to collect illegally, harvest the ballots of the elderly and, and those who are not capable Let's not forget, they said, oh, we couldn't allow those election deputies in because after all, there was a pandemic. But the records show, oh, they allowed the fish tank cleaners in. They allowed delivery boy cleaners in. They allowed people to deliver goods and foods to the establishment without even thinking about the pandemic. So why is it that when it comes to elections, the deputies are amiss? You know, so there's just a little counter to that point of view in case someone wants to say something about it. But uh, we're talking about systemic here, guys. When the Election Commission of Wisconsin decided that they wanted to rewrite the rules and laws uh, of what is legally by state law and federal law, the right of the legislation to handle. Okay, they sent out notices, not just to Racine, Wisconsin but to every county in the state, which means every county in the state dismissed their election deputies, but they let the fish cleaners in, okay, the fish tank cleaners in, and they illegally harvested the ballots of the residents. And as many of you all will remember the heartbreaking footage that came from Michael Gableman, a former Supreme Court Justice of Wisconsin, and his investigation, where we had almost dozens, dozens of videos of of hurt and concerned Wisconsinians, ladies and gentlemen, 
when their mother or their father or their loved one in this rehabilitation center or in this nursing home who has no ability, you know, maybe they don't have the mental faculties to vote. Maybe they don't have the physical ability to cast that vote. They were exploited, ladies and gentlemen. And this happened in every county in Wisconsin. So Reuters, I take your lies about systemic election fraud and I one-up you in that regard because there is there is absolutely documented evidence of systemic election fraud in these states, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll rest my case there for the time being. I'm sorry, I just had to say something. We're debunking this article live on the air right now, guys, because let me tell you what, what we saw in Wisconsin was absolutely disgusting ladies and gentlemen. Now, the article continues. Uh, this is a man by the name of Richard Mack, who is the founder of the Constitutional... Oh, Sheriff Mack, <laughs> who uh, founder of the Constitutional Sheriff's Organization, told Reuters, this is our top priority. It is our duty. And uh, he also said in an interview with Reuters at the... Oh, he said that at the interview in Las Vegas during that meeting. Now, Mack also touted the True the Vote partnership later in the week at Freedom Fest, a national gathering of libertarian-leaning thinkers and political figures, where he urged the sheriffs, join us in this holy cause. Election officials are raising concerns that partisan investigations by sheriffs into baseless voter fraud claims could undermine public confidence in elections. I'm, I'm sorry, Reuters, but fact of the matter is, uh, all the shenanigans that were pulled in 2020 and the theft of that election from a duly elected president, that is what has caused a lack of public confidence in elections. Now, in an interview, Michigan Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson, a Democrat, called such probes part of a nationally coordinated effort to dismantle democracy through lies and misinformation, and through people misusing or abusing their authority. Excuse me, Jocelyn Benson, I had no idea that you were such a master of projection. Talk to me, Jocelyn Benson, about the Secretary of State's project, which was funded by George Soros, which is exactly where you come from, failed your first run for Secretary of Snakes in Michigan, but you secured it in 2018, didn't you, Jocelyn? Well, Ms. Jocelyn Benson, why don't you talk to us about that nationally coordinated effort to dismantle democracy by overriding state legislature and election law in your state, okay? I would say that's dismantling democracy, okay? Thinking that she has the authority to, uh, oh, we're not going to let the constituents, we're not going to let the lawmakers make the laws here about elections. I'm going to do it myself, says Jocelyn Benson. That is is dismantling democracy. And through lies and misinformation, through lies and misinformation, Jocelyn Benson, why don't we talk about your lies, Jocelyn Benson? Why don't we talk about your misinformation? You know, those, those, all of that is documented. We've documented all of this about Jocelyn Benson from, oh, there was no, uh, there was no corruption during the 2020 election. Oh, uh, uh, all of these thousands of mail-in ballots coming uh, in, uh, you know, overnight, that has nothing to do with election fraud. And oh, 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 you know what J Jocelyn Benson also said? That 2,000 mules, uh, it did a good job of showing the way that elections run in Michigan. For crying out loud, ladies and gentlemen, 
and uh, I guess I don't need to point out the abuse of authority here. She's saying that election. She's saying that um, um, true the vote and these um, constitutional sheriffs are abusing their authority. Last I checked, uh, Jocelyn Benson was getting sued by a sheriff in Michigan for exactly what she just projected. Ladies and gentlemen, these snakes know no bounds when it comes to the amount of deception, and I'm going to say it, treason, that they utilize to destroy this constitutional republic. Ladies and gentlemen, just debunked Jocelyn Benson. All right. False fraud claims have also sparked a wave of threats against election administrators, including more than 900 hostile messages documented by Reuters. Um, and uh, let's see here. Uh, next, uh, that's a link here. I don't need to say that. Okay, so it says here, officials withdrew the vote said at the Constitutional Sheriff's meeting that they plan to raise money to provide grants and equipment to help sheriffs investigate 2020 voter fraud claims and expand surveillance of ballot drop boxes in future elections. Trump supporters have alleged without evidence that drop boxes enabled the mass collection of fraudulent votes in the presidential elections. Again, Reuters is depending on low information societal individuals to not understand or realize the, um, the, the accuracy and the efficacy of the investigation that True the Vote conducted when we're talking about geolocation, ladies and gentlemen. And that's where this effort from the sheriffs really got itself going, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm telling you guys, they are continuing with the big lie. Uh, this Reuters article is doing, and they are depending on the American people not to know everything that we know about the fraud that has been documented since 2020. Now, the article continues, while election fraud is exceedingly rare, uh, there's another bold-faced lie from Reuters, some states with Republican-controlled legislatures have passed new laws in response to the false rigged election claims. Nine states have banned drop boxes or restricted their distribution since the 2020 vote, according to a recent report by the Voting Rights Lab, which monitors state election policies. Other states have enacted more stringent voter registration requirements in Florida and Georgia. Lawmakers expanded the powers of law enforcement to police election law violations. The constitutional sheriff's new focus on probing elections illustrates how Trump's voter fraud falsehoods have found a receptive audience in some corners of law enforcement. No, Reuters, it's because they've seen the evidence. It's because they've read the reports. It's because it is undeniable that fraud occurred in 2020 and it occurred in droves. The article says leaders of the movement touted the recent documentary 2000 Mules as they gathered in Las Vegas. The movie, based on cell phone tracking data and surveillance video obtained by True the Vote, shows that Democratic operatives stuffed drop boxes with fraudulent ballots in key counties to deliver the presidency to Democrat Joe Biden. 2,000 mules has represented overwhelming evidence, said Mack, urging sheriffs to investigate its fraud claims. It cannot be dismissed. 
Many Democrat and Republican officials, along with independent fact checkers, have in fact dismissed the movie as misleading and its evidence as flimsy. Well, let's just see. Uh, Democrats naturally are going to say that. Republicans, of course, because they're rhinos and they're working on the same team as the Democrats. Independent fact checkers have already been fact checked themselves. Okay, we have a Supreme Court case wherein Justice Roberts states that the accuracy of geolocation is basically the same as wearing an ankle monitor, ladies and gentlemen, down to the inch. Okay, Supreme Court case ruled that. The efficacy and the accuracy of geolocating on phones is uh, is is comparable to having a ankle bracelet, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so debunked Reuters once again. Your independent fact checkers have been fact checked. Okay, have been fact checked. Debunk, debunk, debunk. So something about a power play here, the Constitutional Sheriff's Association promotes an extreme view of sheriff's legal authority, asserting on its website that their power in their jurisdiction exceeds that of any other official and even supersedes the powers of the president. Well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the highest law of the land is the county sheriff. Okay, let's not forget it. Now, it's rare for sheriffs to investigate voting irregularities. That's probably by design, ladies and gentlemen, especially without a request from election officials. They generally handle criminal law enforcement in jurisdictions that lack a police force and manage local jails, among other duties. True the Vote founder Catherine Engelbrecht said at the Las Vegas meeting that sheriffs are the best hope for pursuing rigged election claims because other agencies, including the Federal Bureau of Investigations, have dismissed its allegations. Uh, Catherine Engelbrick said, it's like the lights went on. It's the sheriffs. That's who can do these investigations. That's who we can trust. That's who we can turn over information to. Mack, who founded the Constitutional Sheriff's Association in 2011, is a former county sheriff in Arizona. Yep, Sheriff Mack. He served until 2016 as a board member of the Oath Keepers, an anti-government militia. That is, uh, there's another falsehood right there. Hey, uh, Oath Keepers, you want to get them on defamation? They're not anti-government, you know. Uh, I don't know if you'd want to call them a militia either. I don't know if they refer to themselves as that, but anyhow. Uh, Reuters calls Oath Keepers an anti-government or an anti-government militia that includes several members charged with helping to organize the January 6th United States Capitol false flag riot. Mack told Reuters that he left the Oath Keepers when the organization became too militant. But extremism researchers have documented ongoing ties, uh, I guess, between Mack and uh, the Oath Keepers. Uh, True the Votes Coalition also includes another right-leaning sheriff's group, Protect America Now, led by Sheriff Mark Lamb of Pinal County, Arizona. That group describes its mission as standing for our Constitution by guarding against the government overreach, protecting gun owners' rights, and stopping illegal immigration. 
True the Vote officials described the coalition as a multifaceted effort to encourage sheriffs to pursue election fraud claims, in addition to grants meant to help sheriffs conduct surveillance of drop boxes. The group said it aims to provide sheriffs with uh, sheriffs with um, artificial intelligence software to assist in analyzing the video they collect. True the Vote also plans to set up hotlines to alert sheriffs to suspicious activity at polling stations and ballot drop boxes. It's unclear how many of the nation's sheriffs will join the effort. The Constitutional Sheriffs Association does not disclose membership numbers. Protect America Now says it includes about 70 sheriffs from more than 30 states. Political Research Associates, a left-leaning think tank that studies political extremism, uh, of course, they exclude uh, critical race theory, Marxism, uh, uh, national socialism, and all that other stuff, communism, um, <clears throat> uh, militant progressives, militant progressivism, AOC, right? And your uh, and your uh, uh, posse of uh, deplorables. Dare I say it right? Um, and which includes constitutional sheriffs. So they include constitutional sheriffs as uh, as um, <clears throat> being political extremists, okay? Uh, and also others embracing anti-government or far-right conspiracy theories. The National Sheriff's Association, the nation's leading professional organization for sheriffs, did not respond to requests for comment on the efforts to pursue election fraud allegations. Uh, Calvin Hayden... Sheriff of Johnson County, Kansas, who incidentally we will also be talking about a little bit later on in this broadcast, told the Las Vegas gathering that he plans to employ technology to expand his investigation. Sheriff Hayden said, we are going to start doing our geodata. I have no question that we're going to get to the bottom of this. Hayden launched the probe last year despite repeated assurances from county and state election officials that the vote had been conducted fairly. Asked what evidence justified the probe, a spokesperson for Hayden's office, Shelby Colburn, said the investigation was based on more than 200 tips from voters and that the sheriff would soon provide more details. Hayden's efforts were praised by Mac, who told meeting attendees that election fraud had become the Constitutional Sheriff Association's biggest concern. He said his members are uniquely positioned to pursue the matter because sheriffs don't have to ask permission from anybody to start an investigation. So uh, Peter Eisler, Nathan Lane... You guys are full of it, and you're also full of lies. All right, so there you go, guys. There you go. There you go. The legacy media, they got to find a way to demonize all the efforts of True the Vote and also of the uh, sheriffs, the constitutional sheriffs, who are doing their job, right? They are doing their job. They are, they are upholding their oath, ladies and gentlemen. Never let it be forgotten. Never let it be forgotten. And praise be to the fact that Americans are finally waking up to all of this information. Okay. All right. That's going to move us on to our next story, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this is an election integrity story that has to deal with a constitutional sheriff 
by the name of Sheriff Schmeling. Okay. Now, uh, in this story, uh, we're returning to the state of Wisconsin, where we have Sheriff Schmeling responding to a new discovery by an independent investigator about an online ballot harvesting scheme. Okay. So he's already doing his job, ladies and gentlemen. Sheriff Schmeling, God bless him. He is doing his job. Takes us right into Wisconsin. Void, void, void. They're pretty close to it, guys. Wisconsin is pretty close to it. Uh, now, we will turn to the pages of the Gateway Pundit to get to the skinny on this story. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this investigation that revealed the um, um, ballot harvesting scheme. And then we'll take a look at Sheriff Smaling's response. Article goes this way. Wisconsin investigator discovers ease of harvesting election ballots online. It's nothing short of shocking. It's a cheater's dream. Okay. So uh, the illustration we have here on the screen, guys, just so you can see it. This is the online web page for uh, Wisconsinians to request an absentee ballot. Uh, pretty, pretty simple and pretty easy to understand. You, uh, do you need an absentee ballot? Well, Come online and request one. Now let's find out what the scheme is all about. It says here, Wisconsin election integrity investigator, Harry W., recently discovered the absolute ease of harvesting election ballots in the state online. His reporting is nothing short of shocking. The state of Wisconsin allows anyone with a smartphone or a computer um, to be able to order an absentee ballot online in someone else's name. They can have the absentee ballot sent to an address other than the registered voter. Well, 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 what have we here? Now that is sensational, ladies and gentlemen, sensational. Uh, there's a little uh, a note here. Um, from the Racine County Sheriff's Office, I'll expand that just a little bit. It says the Racine County Sheriff's Office has recently been contacted by complaints who have uh, complainants who have reported apparent vulnerabilities to fraudulent voting within the website My Vote Wisconsin. With only a person's name and date of birth, anyone can request another person's ballot and have that ballot sent to any address entered. No photo identification is needed, and the requester can make a declaration of being indefinitely confined. Thus, for that type of scheme, that's pretty crazy, guys, wouldn't you say? Now, the article continues, all you need is the date of birth. Harry, the investigator, even was able to test his findings by attempting to order a ballot for Speaker Rhino Robin Voss. Uh, uh, Harry W., the investigator, added, I selected these two high-profile figures, public figures, because they are scofflaws, have no respect for law, and are among the most disingenuous and notorious fraudsters in our state. Both in their own way have contributed to the demise of the public's lack of confidence in our elections. The investigator then verified his findings. 
I obtained permission to order absentee ballots from numerous individuals from around the state and successfully ordered their absentee ballots to be shipped to my address without their assistance. These efforts verified that a large, a very large scale absentee ballot harvesting scheme with nefarious intentions is easily accomplished due to a lack of a secure website along with the maladministration and the malfeasance of the Wisconsin Election Commission officials. For the record, ladies and gentlemen, Harry has been in contact with the Racine Sheriff during his testing period. Now, here is Harry's letter to local Wisconsin officials. It says here, from Harry to the election integrity team, significant vulnerabilities at request an absentee ballot, wisconsin.gov, have been identified where Anyone with a smartphone or computer can order an absentee ballot online in someone else's name and have that absentee ballot sent to an address other than the registered voter. All you need is a date of birth. Further, the idea of anyone requesting these ballots is not requested or required. Yesterday evening, to prove how easily absentee ballots can be nefariously ordered, I went online and successfully ordered absentee ballots in Corey Mason and Robin Voss's name to be shipped to my address. I selected these two high-profile pro- high public figures because they are scofflaws, have no respect for law, and are among the most disingenuous and notorious fraudsters within our state. And I just enjoyed repeating that statement both in their own way have contributed to the demise of the public's lack of confidence in our elections. I will, of course, return their absentee ballots should they arrive. To further support and verify our findings, I obtained permission to order absentee ballots from numerous individuals from around the state and successfully ordered their absentee ballots to be shipped to my address without their assistance. These efforts verify that a very large-scale absentee ballot harvesting scheme with nefarious intentions is easily accomplished due to a lack of a secure website along with the maladministration and the malfeasance of the Wisconsin Election Commission officials. Recognizing the destruction of our republic is imminent with continued voter fraud. The need of an informed public is paramount. We will be providing the public with these recent findings immediately. I stand ready to be charged for exposing these voting vulnerabilities when I ordered Mason's and Voss's absentee ballot online, all without providing a photo ID or identifying myself. We are all still a republic where we elect our servants and leaders. Servant leaders govern with our consent and the public's consent is currently weaning to a possible point of no return. As a citizen, I am disgusted and appalled with the continued systemic failures of the Wisconsin Election Commission to secure our elections. As citizens and elected officials, I urge all of you to act upon this information immediately. Take actions to nullify the current early voting ballots secure our elections, and be a force to quash all voter fraud within our state. Respectfully, Harry W. What a story, ladies and gentlemen. What a story, okay? 
So uh, as this article pointed out, the election investigator, Harry W., was in contact with Sheriff Schmeling of the Racine County Sheriff's Department while he was ordering his ballot. And indeed, as I said at the start of the story, Sheriff Schmeling has already released a statement in this regard. Now, there is good old Sheriff Schmeling, ladies and gentlemen. This is the sheriff that recommended to the Wisconsin Attorney General to, uh, what, what, what was he going to, he was going to have five of the six Wisconsin election commissioners put in jail for breaking election law knowingly, ladies and gentlemen. But of course, state AG, the governor, and the other counties did nothing about it, right? They kicked that can around until it was basically no more. Uh, let's see what uh, Sheriff Schmeling had to say about this. Actually, let me go ahead and uh, enter in this page here. Something went wrong. Oh, Facebook does this to me all the time. You know, Wisconsin County Sheriff Department, I would uh, highly recommend that you guys get an official website and stop relying on fake book, right? Right, okay. So let's see if this thing will pop up here. Oh no, goodness, goodness. Let me, let me make some quick adjustments here. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for the technical difficulties. I know you all want to hear what Sheriff Schmeling had to say. So let me go ahead and pull that forward. Unless um, Facebook is going to pull a quick one on me. They've been known to do it. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. Wee wee Facebook. Wow. You're going to deprive the audience of Sheriff Schmeling's um, statement. Okay, let me go ahead and uh, work my magic here, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys don't mind the brief delay. And this is a very, very important article. But I'll get this figured out right quick, okay? Because I want to read the words of Sheriff Schmeling. Man, oh, oh, we got it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got it. I don't know what I did, but I did it. And uh, here we go, guys. Let's go ahead and take a gander. And uh, I will uh, write and expand that. Oh, oh, man. Man, they are jumping into my computer right now. Okay, it's okay. I may not. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. We will wait. We will wait. Okay, I will go ahead and read this to you guys because um, uh, computers acting funny right now. Uh, let's go ahead. Oh, 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 we're back. We're live, ladies and gentlemen. We are live. Okay, cool. All right. Now I shall expand this for viewing ease, ladies and gentlemen. And we will take a look at the uh, press release through Facebook of uh, Racine County Sheriff's Office. 
And uh, here we go, guys. It says the Racine County Sheriff's Office has recently been contacted by complainants who have reported apparent vulnerabilities to fraudulent voting within the website MyVoteWisconsin. With only a person's name and a date of birth, anyone can request another person's ballot and have the ballot, that ballot, sent to any address entered. No photo identification is needed, and the requester can make a declaration of being indefinitely confined. Thus, for the current and future elections, the requester will be sent someone else's ballot at the different address entered. One complainant tested this vulnerability and had a second party request their ballot and had that ballot sent to the second party's address. The second party was successful in obtaining the first party's ballot. Another complainant requested the ballot of two prominent government officials and numerous individuals from around the state. This complainant reported he was successful in ordering these ballots be sent to the complainant's home because he knew these individuals' dates of birth and without showing any form of photo identification. Based upon this serious threat to voter integrity, the sheriff's office has contacted the Wisconsin Attorney General's office and the Wisconsin Elections Commission. While My Vote Wisconsin has many useful capabilities and provides valuable information, the Sheriff's Office is calling for the immediate suspension of the function within My Vote Wisconsin, where a person can request another absentee ballot and have it mailed to a different address, um, with or without any proper photo identification. The Sheriff's Office... <laughs> Do you see what I did there? I accidentally reread that sentence. The sheriff's office is calling for the immediate suspension of the function allowing for the declaration of being indefinitely confined, which allows for ballots to be sent to different addresses for all future elections. Lastly, based upon the concerns of the community, the sheriff's office is requesting a full statewide investigation. Can you say systemic fraud, ladies and gentlemen? into this voter integrity issue by the Attorney General's Office and the Wisconsin Elections Commission to ensure the voting process is secure and that appropriate safeguards are in place. To determine if there was any fraudulent activity associated with your, with your or anyone else's voting history, go to My Vote Wisconsin and enter a valid name and date of birth to see that person's absentee ballot status and voting activity. If you believe there are potential legal violations, you are encouraged to contact your local law enforcement agency. Sheriff Schmeling stated, I am disheartened by the apparent vulnerabilities in my vote Wisconsin that are ripe for fraud and everyone no matter their political leanings, should join in requesting a thorough statewide investigation into this significant election integrity issue. And then it has, again, the graphic of the website page for uh, My Vote Wisconsin. So uh, it's becoming easier to understand why the Democrats were so hell-bent on pushing that election law. It was HR1 and then it turned into uh, the NASA refunding bill to ensure that we get money to go to the moon or whatever it was called. That was that was that was treacherous deception. What the Democrats I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before, you know. I mean, we've heard about 
lawless lawmakers, right? Lawless lawmakers uh, inserting texts into bills and hiding uh, uh, amendments or, you know, earmarking for money or whatever types of corruption. But have we ever heard of them completely gutting the text of a bill that had to do with NASA and outer space and inserting the complete text of their election overhaul intentions, right? That was treacherous deception, right? Uh, again, many thanks to Representative Kamak of Florida for bringing that to our attention. But anyhow, guys, so uh, this is why the Democrats were so hell-bent on passing H.R. 1, because H.R. 1 would effectively have put state elections powers into the hands of the federal government, and it would be at the federal government's discretion whether or not to pursue election fraud investigations. And it would be at the federal government's discretion to decide whether or not a state had the right to change election laws, as they, as many of them did uh, in the wake of the 2020 election fraud, ladies and gentlemen. So very, very interesting. And again, Sheriff Schmeling is all over it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Sheriff Schmeling is all over it. All right, our next story about election fraud and the sheriff's office, the constitutional sheriff's office, office, excuse me, uh, comes out of the way, comes by way of uh, uh, Johnson County Sheriff Hayden, whom we just mentioned, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so yes, uh, um, uh, Johnson County Sheriff Hayden who's been on the case of election integrity, as we just read from the uh, Las Vegas sheriff's uh, meeting there, um, <clears throat> has, uh, has been on top of it. I mean, he said he had 200 complaints and this man is pursuing investigations. I mean, that is something that cannot be said about every sheriff in the nation, ladies and gentlemen, but it is good to know that we do have those who are still abiding by their oath to their office and to the constitution of both their state and the um, and the country. So uh, let's take a look at what Sheriff uh, Hayden uncovered, or I should say what the ongoing situation is over there. Uh, Joe Co-Sheriff, that's their, uh, that's their um, uh, fancy way of saying Johnson County, right? Uh, that is their, um, that's their gentrified way of saying Johnson County, right? Joe Co-Sheriff accuses county lawyer of breaking Kansas election laws after she questioned his ideas. Now, this story is coming from the Legacy Press. It's coming from AOL.com. So uh, take it with a grain of salt, ladies and gentlemen. Take it with a grain of salt. Because already, there, this headline already kind of sets him up as the bad guy, right? You're accusing an election lawyer um, after she questioned you about the laws? Oh, this must be this must be retaliation, right? That that must be what's going on here with Sheriff Hayden. And there's a photograph of Sheriff Hayden. It says here, a Johnson County Sheriff Calvin Hayden on Tuesday, without providing evidence, accused the county's top lawyer of breaking Kansas law, escalating a dispute between the sheriff and county officials over his role in elections. Hayden said Johnson County Sheriff Chief Counsel Peg Trent and her office had violated a state law that limits 
how individuals can return advance voting ballots cast by others. The allegation made in a statement appeared to be the first time the sheriff has publicly accused another county official of violating the law since he launched an election fraud investigation last year. But Hayden offered no further details and his office refused to provide any additional information about the accusation. It was, it was not immediately clear how Trent or her office would be put in a position to violate the law, which sets rules for how someone can return a ballot filled out by another person. Elections are administered by Johnson County Elections Commissioner Fred Sherman, not the chief counsel. Violations of the statute are, in some instances, a felony. Trent did not uh, comment in response to the allegation, but uh, county spokeswoman Teresa Freed said the sheriff's office advised the county's legal department of an ongoing criminal investigation of election integrity issues on July 15th. Freed said the sheriff's office has indicated that disclosing communications between the sheriff, the election commissioner, county commissioners, or the district attorney would interfere in the investigation. As such, the county is unable to make additional comments, Freed said in an email. We conduct elections according to state law. We stand by the integrity of Johnson County elections. Hayden and several sheriff's deputies met with Sherman and other county officials on July 5th to discuss election security. Trent later wrote a summary of the gathering that she, went, she sent to Hayden. She wrote that Hayden had proposed his staff transport ballots from drop boxes and suggested that ballots deposited in drop boxes must be counted at the drop box site. A member of Hayden's staff also suggested deputies be in the room at the election office when ballots are counted, according to Trent's letter. Well, you know... I know Kansas, at least from what I know about what transpired in 2020, did not have the same things as we saw in Michigan and in Arizona and in Georgia, where um, ball absentee ballot um, challengers and poll watchers and um, election workers were muscled out of the room and were barricaded from the proceedings within the counting centers. But I like Sheriff Hayden's initiative. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll have sheriff deputies in the room instead of election workers and poll observers, right? Right? I like that initiative. Anyhow, Trent went on to write that she was concerned that the requests give the appearance that the sheriff's office is attempting to interfere with an election. Really? Really, Trent? Is that what you think? And also that um, it gave the appearance that the uh, sheriff's office was going to direct a duly authorized election official as to how an election will be conducted. I'm pretty sure that those sheriffs are there to be observers, not to, uh, not to uh, override or to take over election proceedings, because after all, I'm pretty sure that these uh, constitutional sheriffs and their deputies don't want to be caught with their pants down like Madison and Green Bay, Wisconsin were 
when they stripped their election clerks of their lawful duty and handed it over to some uh, Democrat from New York by the name of Michael Spitz Rubenstein, right? Right? Because I'm sure these constitutional sheriffs would uphold their oath of office and honor the rule of law and allow these election workers and clerks to do their job, but just as an extra set of eyes, maybe to deter them from any temptation, right? You know, I know it sounds like I'm not giving the benefit of doubt to the election workers of Kansas, but um, ladies and gentlemen, let's face it, we are imperfect, right? And uh, we all saw what happened in 2020. So uh, I would say there's just cause in that concern. Anyhow, uh, the article continues that Hayden on Tuesday challenged Trent's description of the meeting. Uh, Sheriff Hayden said in his statement, I wholeheartedly disagree with Miss Trent's recollection of events, as does every deputy who is present for that meeting. Furthermore, Miss Trent and her office are knowingly violating their own laws. Kansas uh, State... KSA, <laughs> uh, Kansas, uh, Kansas State um, A, 25-2437. I apologize, guys. That's very unprofessional. Um, it says, we will continue to deal with Miss Trent until we reach a successful conclusion and ensure all election laws are followed. On Monday, a spokeswoman for the Johnson County Sheriff's Office said the office would release a letter from an attorney for Hayden responding to Trent. But on Tuesday, the spokeswoman, Shelby Colburn, said that would no longer happen because it would violate attorney-client confidentiality. Kansas Secretary of Snakes, Scott Schwab and Sherman have repeatedly vouched for the integrity of Johnson County's election until Tuesday. Sheriff Hayden had made no direct allegation. Might I just throw this in here, ladies and gentlemen? The state of Kansas is due to have a forensic audit before the end of this year. It's to be initiated before the end of this year. Will it happen after the September 3rd, 2022 deadline on the uh, statute of limitations for data election, election data retention? Probably. Will uh, Secretary of Snakes Scott Schwab ensure that that data is not erased? Probably not. But, uh, well, that's just a little factoid I thought I'd throw in there for you guys. Anyways, in a news release... The sheriff's office said it had received more than 200 tips alleging fraud in local elections since the fall of 2021. They include individuals who say they were victims of fraud, as well as those who say they witness fraud, the release says. The sheriff's office said it has an obligation to investigate any criminal claim and send findings to the district attorney. Releasing copies of these allegations, the release says, prematurely or specific details of any investigation while it's active, would immediately compromise the integrity of the investigation and lose the trust of the citizens who bring allegations of criminal misconduct to our office. However, Hayden has spoken frequently about the investigation, including as recently as last week when he addressed the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association in Las Vegas. Interesting article. 
isn't that, ladies and gentlemen, interesting article. And you know what? At least we have some boots on the ground examples of how our sheriffs, the constitutional ones, are already at work honoring their oath to their state and to this nation and the rule of law, ladies and gentlemen. All right, that's going to take us to our next story of election business here tonight on the Sea Report. Thank you again for joining us. If you're with us live over at the foxhole.app, rumble.com, twitch.tv, clouthub.app, or at pill.net, ladies and gentlemen, or Trovo or Odyssey, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you are enjoying the proceedings of tonight's broadcast. And uh, I hope you will also like or follow or subscribe or all of the above to uh, the Mr. CTV channel where we bring you America First news and views for your perusing, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's see what we got going on over. Hey, Tam Gorel, what's going on? Good to see you in the audience tonight. Glad you're joining us this evening. Aurelius Locke, good evening. Good to see you as well. <laughs> All right, you do what you got to do, buddy. You do what you have got to do. All right, guys. So, uh, oh, yeah, and then 123SKG uh, does bring this point. I I am... Um, uh, where's it at? Where uh, where did it go? I sh I just saw. I'm looking forward to the lawsuits Trump will bring. <laughs> I think Trump is going to update all of the election fraud cases that got thrown out. Right? That's probably what's going to happen. Uh, so if you guys didn't couldn't tell already, we are going to run into a little bit of overtime tonight. I'll try and have this wrapped up in the next ah, 25 minutes or so, so you get a clean cut at uh, 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. or 8 p.m., wherever it is you happen to be in the nation or around the world, ladies and gentlemen, or around the world. Uh, but let's see what we got here. We got uh, the crest of the county of Sandoval from the state of New Mexico, where we have a story about a whistleblower that has exposed some types of election fraud in Sandoval County for the 2022 primary. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of stories coming out in New Mexico, right? A lot of stories. A lot has been going on in New Mexico for the last few months. I mean, they just completed an audit of Otero County uh, in May, ladies and gentlemen, and the ball has been rolling for election integrity in New Mexico. All right, we're going to turn to the pages of the Gateway Pundit for this one. And I apologize, we can't be an immersive. Cuts out too much vital information that I would like to share with you all in regards to the proceedings of this article. Exclusive evidence uncovered that election county clerk in New Mexico falsified pre-election machine certification records. Very interesting. Let's see what this article has to say. It goes this way. A whistleblower in New Mexico identified numerous issues with the certificates signed off on in the county that indicated that the voting machines were in good order. Um, this is what the whistleblower had to say on their Telegram webpage. Our audit partners across the state to continue to hashtag stand in the gap at a Sandoval County Commissioner's meeting. 
Ramona details her findings after spending hours reviewing the pre-election certificates of the machines. 133 machine certificates were missing the clerk's seal. At least three different people forged the clerk's signature on the certificates. A complaint has been filed with both the sheriff and the Sandoval Board of Ethics. Sandoval County Clerk Anne Brady Romero is called on to resign. And here is a transcript of this. Well, you know, actually, would you guys like to hear her instead of reading the transcript? Why don't we play the video? Let's do that. All right, there is Miss Sandoval. I mean, sorry, there is, uh, actually, it's not Miss Sandoval. That's the name of the county. My bad. Uh, this is uh, Ramona Goolsby. Ramona Goolsby. And uh, she is the whistleblower. So let's get ourselves set up for Ace Audio. And uh, we will uh, continue with this information from this whistleblower. All right, let's go ahead, pop out of full screen, and we'll do it this way. Oh, well, I guess I'm gonna have to expand it for you guys. All right, guys, here we go. Tell me when you're not going to start. Yes, go ahead. Your name and where you resign. My name is Ramona Goolsby, and I live in Lunar Rancho. I'm requesting I would like to start out by saying I have been praying for God to reveal the things he finds unjust and immoral. God tells us to love even our enemies and pray for them. But there are times when he set the example and turned over the money changers table. Today, I am here to overturn the money changers table. I spent four hours reviewing the pre-election certificates and tapes of the machines in Sandoval County. Three trays full. 133 machines. There was no county clerk seal on any of the 133 certificates. 50 certificates were without a completion date. One date, one had a tabulator technician signature dated November 13, 2022. The clerk did not sign 132 of the certificates. At least three different people signed her signature on 131 of the certificates. It appears that tabulator ICE number H0180 certificate was forged. A criminal complaint has been filed with the county sheriff's office. Copies of the certificates and a copy of the ethics complaint that was filed with the secretary of state's office and the ethics board of Sandoval County were provided to the sheriff. The sheriff's case number is 22-001136. This investigation shows at the very least complete dereliction of duty on the part of the county clerk, but at the worst, it appears there was criminal activity. In private business, none of this would be tolerated. The same should be true for the government. The GOP, the Democratic Party, and this commission have failed the people. I am requesting the Sandoval County Clerk Ann Brady Romero resign as county clerk due to her dereliction of duty and due to the betrayal of her oath of office because the trust of the citizens of this county has been betrayed. Every citizen has standing to request the same. Thank you. Bum, ladies and gentlemen. Bum. 
That's election fraud right there. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. It just took, uh, took a lot of button pushing, but we got it going, guys. <laughs> so uh, that, that was the findings. That was the findings. And you better believe that um, administrative uh, duty is also needing to be followed within the rule of law. Ladies and gentlemen, I guess it's just something that uh, these people think that they can overlook for some reason. Maybe they think that uh, they're the ones who rule the roost. Couldn't tell you what is going on with my computer right now. I want to know. Uh-oh, it looks like we got some gremlins in the computer. All right, so let's go ahead and continue on with this story. And uh, thank you. Hey, Relanon, thank you so much for the 167 gold pills. Oh, man, got a bump up there. <laughs> much appreciated, friend. Thank you so much for your continued support. All right, let's see if there is anything else to this article. I believe there is. Uh, but my computer is being a silly billy. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, here we go. All right. Oh, don't you start doing that to me now. Oh, we're still at the Gateway Pundit, right? Yeah, yes, we are. Okay. Let me go ahead and expand this. Expand it. Okay. Now we'll have to use this little button here. Okay. So what follows here, ladies and gentlemen, are the examples of the election fraud. Okay. No, like, uh, and, and here it shows right here. This one, this particular certific certificate is missing the date um, of test at the top. The date from the tabulator technician is bogus. Hello, guys. It's not even November. We're still in the year 2022, right? So what's going on here, right? And uh, the, um, uh, the uh, what was it called? The, um, the date of the test is also missing at the top, okay? Right here. Okay, so this is an invalid certificate, an invalid certificate. Here is another example that was discovered. Okay. This one says clerk's real signature, but no seal. So here's your county clerk. That is the actual signature of the county clerk. There is still no date at the top. Okay. Do you see that? Do you see that signature? Ann Brady Romero forged, right? Forged. Okay. Do you see her real signature? What are these people thinking is what I really want to know. Like, how do they think this is okay? And furthermore, how do they think that they can get away with this? Well, maybe they weren't depending on one Ramona Goolsby to do her due diligence, right? Uh, so here's another. The actual signature of the uh, clerk is there on that. Oh, this is her oath of office. Dang. Dang. And it says here, this is an, an example of the clerk's signature. So there you go, guys. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. This has no seal and a forged signature. So again, no seal and another forged signature. Okay. So, I guess uh, we'll have to be... Uh, 
keeping uh, our ears to the ground, and by we, I mean me, to see where this goes, ladies and gentlemen, because that is, that is, that is astonishing. It's crazy. You know, I'm just like, hey, they found it. They found the fraud. And that is what I'm talking about. We are living in a time, ladies and gentlemen, where the people of America are awake and they're responsive, ladies and gentlemen. And I dare say uh, those enemies of freedom, liberty, and this nation, they're not used to it, right? Okay. All right. Next story for tonight. Uh, This one is taking us back to Maricopa County, Arizona. What do you think is going on over there in Maricopa County, Arizona, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I will tell you now, and I apologize, I'm trying to, uh, trying to produce the show while I actually uh, do the show, okay? So uh, what's going on in Maricopa County? Well, it appears that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, but more specifically, Stephen Richer, you know, uh, the guy who lives in denial, right? Uh, you're probably like, why are you saying he lives in denial, Mr. C? Don't you guys remember? He's the county recorder that has that atrocious comb over. I, I'm bald, so I can say that, okay? And I'm not just being mean. I'm like, you know, if you're going to have a crown, wear it with pride, my friend. Anyways, so um, Stephen Richer is getting the county of Maricopa ready, ladies and gentlemen, for Sharpie Gate. 2.0, ladies and gentlemen, Sharpiegate 2.0. Now, uh, we all remember what happened with Sharpiegate. And again, the legacy press will lie to you and tell you that Sharpiegate was totally debunked. But if you were following the um, Maricopa County Forensic Audit, then you darn well know that the um, Sharpie Gate actually turned out to be real. And this is wherein um, voters were given by precincts. How do I get this? Why is this appearing here now? Okay, so anyways, sorry guys. My computer's doing some funny stuff right now. Uh, But um, um, precinct, uh, precinct heads, captains, president, whatever you want to call them, judges were giving election workers were giving voters sharpies to f- mark their ballots, wherein the sharpie would bleed through, therefore invalidating the ballot and forcing it into adjudication, which is where you have to depend on the uh, honesty and integrity of the adjudicator to uh, place that ballot in its correct um, in its correct candidate's box, okay? So how are they doing this in Maricopa County? What's going on? Here's the story, ladies and gentlemen. Story so nice. The county so nice, we're going to talk about it twice. It goes this way. What's going on? Maricopa County official is panicked. Here's Stephen Richer, right? Right? They graciously, uh, they graciously cut off his comb over, but it says here, uh, Maricopa County official, County Recorder Stephen Richer is panicked. Voters may bring their own pens to the polls. Huh? What an what a concept, right? I always take my own pen when I go to vote, guys. I don't take their I don't take their pencil or their sharpie marker. Uh, the article says. Um, and this article, uh, doesn't say who it's written by, but it's written in the first person here. It says here, let me preface this article by telling you 
all of my readers, you can use any blue or black ballpoint pen you bring to the voting poll. Do not let anyone there force you or pressure you into using their pen against your wishes. On uh, Tuesday, the Gateway Pundit reported that SharpieGate 2.0 was perhaps in the making when Maricopa County recorder Stephen Richer about-faced on his July 7th tweet saying, Use any black or blue pen. He tweeted on July 26th that we will give all voters a special pen at voting locations. Please, please use this pen. He then stated that other pens don't dry quick enough and can gunk the tabulators, requiring cleaning. The use of all caps to emphasize please, please, and all in his tweet about using the new special pen has overtones of desperation. But last night, Richard took his desperation a step further, accusing a friend of trying to disrupt the primary and the primary and then com commanding you to just use the darn pen given to you on election. If the above dialogue actually took place, Richard is accusing a friend of trying to disrupt a primary because they are telling folks to bring their own pen. Think about that. I remind you that this is the same county that archived files, removed them off the system, and then failed to hand them over in a subpoena requested on all election records. It's the same county that brought in a private contractor to audit their machines before Cyber Ninjas did. That contractor was also the same company that reportedly certified the machines prior to the election. This is just a slight conflict of interest, you understand. It's the same county that query-bombed their system with over 30,000 login attempts to clear the login history prior to the Pro-VNB audit, keeping in mind that Pro-VNB was not accredited to offer such types of certifications. And uh, Pro-VNB, when they conducted this audit, they conducted it prior to the Senate-ordered audit. But a citizen tweeting they're bringing their own pen to vote? That is disruption! Uh, County Maricopa County recorder Stephen Richer's next tweet in the thread is also disturbing. Uh, Stephen Richer tweeted, It's a primary. What the heck do you think we get out of giving people a special pin other than a smooth functioning election? Uh, is this another example of doublespeak, ladies and gentlemen? Is Stephen Richard, in fact, saying that uh, this smooth functioning election means that they'll be able to smoothly steal the elections in Maricopa County? Because that's kind of the gist that I'm getting. Stephen Richer went on to say, Do you think we're just asking you to use the Pentel pen to be funny? 
Good Lord, people. Now, I will have you know, ladies and gentlemen, as a writer, oh, I know my pens, ladies and gentlemen. And depending on what model of Pentel pen that they are using, Pentel makes marker marker pens that will bleed through, but Pentel pens are quite typically gel type pens. And if Stephen Richard wants to say that using a ballpoint pen is going to cause the ballots to gunk up the ballot reading system, you should flip that statement because it is in fact the gel point Pentel pens that actually gunk up and don't dry. Trust me, I've had many a dirty digit after using a Pentel pen. So unless he goes with a Pentel ballpoint pen, and it's not a gel pen, and it's not a Pentel marker pen, maybe we can offer Stephen Richer the benefit of the doubt. But I'm telling you guys, there's something going on here. There's something going on here. So uh, to, um, to reiterate, Stephen Richer says, it's a primary. What the heck do you think we get out of giving people a special pen other than a smooth, functioning, stolen election? Do you think we're just asking you to use the Pentel pen to be funny? Good Lord, people. The uh, author of this article goes on to say, I'm not sure why the fact that this is a primary election makes it any less important for each vote to count properly. It's also bizarre to qualify the statement, what the heck do you think we get out of giving people a special pen with it's a primary? Kind of diminishes it, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? That's as if to say, in a general election, sure, perhaps then we try to we try some shenanigans, but in a primary, it's just a primary. Maricopa voters and Arizonans still have a sour taste from the 2020 election when election day in-person voters were prompted to use Sharpies to mark their ballots contrary to previous advice. In 2020, Arizona residents heard the heard that vote secure paper was going to be used exclusively and would be resistant to bleed through initially. It was not and it was not. Then we heard that the bleed through would not overlap with other races. And it didn't, unless, of course, the timing marks were off. And that has to deal with the uh, way that the paper was printed, right? Or I should, I should say the ballot was printed. Speaking of paper, either uh, Board of Supervisor Chairman Bill Gates, no relation to the eugenicist, right? Or Senate liaison Ken Bennett, the uh, former Secretary of Snakes for the state of Arizona, perjured themselves in this congressional hearing. So, speaking of paper, either BOS, Bill Gates, Chairman, or Senate Liaison Ken Bennett perjured themselves, and here's what the hearing says. Oh joy, do we have video? We might have video, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see. It says here, Andy Biggs questions... Oh yes, I remember this. We actually watched this live and in living color. Uh, this was during a hearing where Andy Biggs 
nailed home the point about this ballot paper. So was Ken Bennett who, oh man, I, it was during this, these proceedings that I saw Ken Bennett as the snake that he is. Okay. And then shortly thereafter, he leaked the information on the audit to his buddies who just so happened to work in news, right? And stuff like that. So anyhow, uh, the article continues from the Gateway Pundit. Are these machines so inherently flawed that they cannot perform the literal job they were designed to do without using a special type of pen that was determined to cause issues in 2012 in neighboring Pima County? Why isn't this issue? Uh, why isn't this an issue in any other counties across the country? Are there records of the pen gunk causing malfunctions in 2018 or any previous elections in Maricopa County? Yes, Sharpie Gate was real. Yes, Sharpie Gate had an impact on the 2020 election in Maricopa County. Bring your own pen. And uh, it has an illustration here, ladies and gentlemen, and some of you guys will probably recognize this from the Maricopa County Forensic Audit and also from uh, Jovan Pulitzer's presentations on uh, paper security. Uh, but this one to say it was from the Senate hearing on the election audit in Maricopa County. You have a ballot on the screen here with a Sharpie marker. Uh, the circled markings on this ballot clearly show bleed through, um, but certain bleeds are collision bleeds and those are circled. So there you go, guys. Clearly shows bleed through, right? Collision bleeds. I'm going to vote for this person. And here's a box here. Oh, but look, there's a, a collision bleed. And, or do I want to vote for this person here? You know what? The computer's not going to be able to figure that out. So it's just going to have to go into adjudication, ladies and gentlemen. And adjudication is their ultimate goal, ladies and gentlemen, because... Uh, that's where you can uh, you can get to those election workers that you paid high sums of money. And at this point, ladies and gentlemen, I have no doubt that some of that money came from the Center for Tech and Civic Life. I'm just waiting for that to break. That money used to pay dishonest election workers came from the Center for Tech and Civic Life. Okay? I'm waiting for that to break, guys. I am waiting for that to break. Uh, but there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. So they're getting ready for Sharpie Gate 2.0 in Maricopa County with their special Pentel pens, right? It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Let's not forget their, uh, their um, primary is happening on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. The primary is happening on Tuesday. Hey, Justice Song, good to see ya. Justice Song says, Colorado's pens on the ballot looks like a Sharpie. Oh, there you go. Let's, I guess, Sharpie Gate occurred in more than one state, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our Wham Bam. Thank you, ma'am. See report for tonight. Uh, quite a riveting report, if you ask me, but I'm kind of an elections nerd when it comes to this kind of stuff. So yeah, I was riveted, ladies and gentlemen, the entire way through, if you couldn't tell. Uh, but thank you again for joining us here on the America First Report, the C-Report, ladies and gentlemen, where we bring to you stories, uh, you know, 
primarily curated around election integrity and election fraud exposure. Uh, if you enjoy the work that I do here at The Sea Report and on Mr. C TV, uh, please make sure that you follow and subscribe to the channel on whatever platform that you are on or head over to thecereport.com. Okay, and uh, you can actually figure out all the platforms that I live stream the shows on, including Lone Star News and See in the Dark. And uh, you can uh, also join our mailing list, see what is uh, the Sea Report is all about, ladies and gentlemen. You can even get in contact with the host, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Anyways, guys, all right, we're going to call that a wrap. Thank you for hanging out. I know we were in overdrive. I got you out of here at least before 5 till, but uh, I guess it's not over. Uh, in the meantime, guys, don't forget, we will be doing an episode of See in the Dark tomorrow night. It'll be myself and Java hanging out, talking about tech, uh, tech, tech, no. I was going to say technocracy, right? Technocracy and also transhumanism should be a very interesting show as we uh, dig a little bit deeper into that history and what it means for, uh, for the human race, ladies and gentlemen, what it means for the human race. Uh, but with that all said, ladies and gentlemen, again, I'd like to thank you and bid you adieu for the night. You have a great Friday night and uh, you have a great weekend. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, be safe. Be blessed. And God bless America. We'll see you next time. This is Mr. C, signing out. Let's talk about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're gonna die on this hill. We're gonna be gay and we're gonna rape our children no matter what you say, because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run see in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, what the heck is this bald band talking about? Uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you've got your C-Report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do See in the Dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. we got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer. We're sorry, the number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Though victory is proof of the skills you possess, defeat is the proof of your grit. A weakling can smile in his days of success, but at trouble's first sign, he will quit. So the test of the heart and the test of your pluck isn't skies that are sunny and fair. But how do you stand to the blow that is struck? And how do you battle despair? A fool can seem wise when the pathway is clear. And it's easy to see the way out. But the test of a man's judgment is something to fear.
And what does he do when in doubt? And the proof of his faith is the courage he shows when sorrows lie deep in his breast. It's the way that he suffers, the griefs that he knows, that bring out his worst or his best. The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight? There are many who serve when the victory's near, and few are the hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn. It's the way you hold out against odds that are great that proves what your courage is worth. It's the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory's nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin, unless it is proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win.